T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yes, indeed, it is the get right right here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105 through the fan. I'm Reginald Atatula, and alongside me is the fan fiend. I'm Blake Elliott. Shout out to Rodrigo Mendoza. I was about to say Rodrigo Blankenship because you put that in my mind. Thank you for that. By the way, how do you feel about having the same name as Rodrigo Blankenship? I love it because my girlfriend gets to torture me with it. Oh, okay. that's you know what? Good for you. Um, but th- <laughs> thank you, for, thank you for riding with us on this Thursday evening, and thank you listening for riding with us on this Thursday evening. Um, we got you till 11 p.m. So still some more great sports content coming to you on this evening. Uh, I believe that the Frisco Bowl is underway. Last time I checked, Marshall was up on UTSA. Yep. I think last time I saw it, it was 7-0. I'll, I'll give 14, it a check. 14-7. 14-7. Okay, yep. so I missed a couple of scores. My bad. Um, well, the score that I didn't miss, John Morant immediately making his impact <laughs> wow. and his presence known as the the Grizzlies came down from being – or came back, rather, from being down at one point up to like 20 points uh, at the New Orleans Pelicans. Morant turned it on, started playing like the player that he is or that we know him to be in the past, and he ends up with a buzzer beater doing none other than nothing uh, uh, other than what you expect, which is driving and finishing difficult a difficult shot at the rim, a contested shot, and ultimately beating the Pelicans uh, away from away from Memphis in New Orleans, one fifteen to one thirteen. And uh, I mean, I saw this. I saw this uh, responded to on the on the truckwreck.com text line. And someone said, like, he's he's basically modern Iverson, and it really did feel like it yep. towards the end of that game. And score it will. Yeah. Uh fun to see fun to see a great player return to the league. And obviously, you know why he's returning, but did, did we say today was a different day? Someone said, no, is, it's is this a recording? No, it's because we were talking about the uh, Rashard Mendenhall oh, thing. Oh, I was that. like, did we say something? We are live. If you are hearing our no. voice, you're alive. We are live. <laughs> This is all real life, guys. That's right. Open your eyes. And, real uh, eyes. I, look, we understood that that was something that happened before. We didn't get a chance to do that uh, last night. I was like, eh, we could do it tonight. I think that true. people will still have fun with that. And I feel like most people Y'all were did. lighting up the text line. We, we appreciate you doing that. 877-881-1053. But I did ask, um, when it comes to this Dallas Cowboys team, because again, coming off of a very brutal mm-hmm. loss on Sunday, but a, a loss that showed some inefficiencies, some deficiencies, rather, in both your offense and your defense, in a way. Which unit are you more confident in going forward? I mean, you got the Miami Dolphins this weekend. Uh, you got some, you know, a few more weeks of the season to still traverse, and you still want to go and, oh, did I say Thursday? Oh, I apologize. It's, it's Tuesday. It is a T. 
But um, today is Tuesday. Because yesterday was Monday Night Football. Someone said Reggie said it was Thursday yeah, yeah, night. Yeah, my bad. Um, but no, yeah, the, the Cowboys um, have some games that they still need to contend with on the rest of their regular season. And then the big thing about it is we're nearing and inching ever closer to the measuring stick for this, the real measuring stick, right? We talked about measuring six games thus far, but the real measuring stick that ultimately matters um, for this Cowboys team, which is play playoff postseason football. And some of the things that we saw are going to maybe matter when we talk about postseason football. So, again, Blake, which unit are you more confident in going forward, offense or defense for the Cowboys? The unit that Blake Elliott is more confident in moving forward is the offense. And I won, even in a small sample as far as in Miami, I just don't think they're going to put up two stinkers in a row. I do think last game was an anomaly. We haven't really seen this from this offense where they just don't show up. I mean – I guess you could say the Niners, but that's the best team in football. Right now. That's a physical team that we just haven't figured out. But I really, we, we've been accustomed all year to seeing high outputs on offense. Even on the road, we still put up good points. We might not win the game, but it hasn't been like that ugly. The defense has been one of those things that has kind of been uglier and uglier when we play the better teams that show this ugly head. So I don't think the defense is all of a sudden going to be shut down against a really good offense in Miami, maybe the best offense in the league. I don't think that that's going to be one that's just fixed overnight. It's more of a personnel issue, which we've talked about many a times mm. as far as who they have playing linebacker, who they have kind of around that front seven, just not being able to really stop the run. And obviously at their head, they can rush rush the quarterback and look a lot better than they truly are. The, the offense, I'm not really worried about. I do truly think that was just a bad day of the office, weren't prepared right. Weather, not weather, not doing the coin toss. There's a lot of things kind of didn't go right. Not completing early, some penalties. All right, you're talking a lot about a lot of things. Let's let's stop down on one of them because it feels like you're you're throwing out a lot of things that we could really dive into. And before we do that, on the text line from the two one four, they said the better coordinators on defense, so they they feel like the defense is the one that they're more comfortable with. Uh, You know, let's let's at least okay. Let's stop Dak on defense. Mm -hmm. You were talking about this, and you were talking about the run, and. Yeah, you mentioned that this is a personnel issue in a way, and I, I think that that's fair, right? Like, this, it seemed very evident that the Bills looked up and saw this team is playing small, and we are going to attempt to run on them. It was very clearly a concerted effort by this Bills offense. And so everybody watches the tape, right? Everybody mm-hmm. goes back and watches this, and it's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how other teams, assuming that they have the right personnel to do exactly the right things, but if other teams come up and decide – we are also going to test your ability to be solid on the run. And I wonder how much that changes when you have Don Jonathan Hankins back. But how much is that going to be a continuous thing mm-hmm. that this team is going to have to fight to make sure that they can hold up on? Because that feels like years past where we've had this conversation at this time of year of, ooh, can you hold up yeah. in the run game? And I, I do not think the run game is something that's just going to be fixed and we're going to hold a team to like under 60 yards or anything. But I will say this, and this is pure speculation, just how I feel. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have the hardest week of practice they've had other than that San Francisco game this week. Mm. Because what what happened? Offense looked piss poor, no creativity. San Francisco happens, get beaten in the mouth. We have the bye week. Looks like a totally different offense. Totally different offense when you come out of it. You couldn't even night and day the two different teams. Defense gets smacked in the mouth this game as, as bad as it's been. I'd say this is the worst defensive performance we've seen all year. Yeah, that's a easy, that's a fairly easy statement and to make. Well, they got they are really. I think San Francisco was just like all. I don't know. They they both kind of won in the same. Yeah, but yeah, definitely the most embarrassing and when when a team just decides they're going to run over it, and run over. It down. You know, a lot, yeah, yeah. a lot of explosive plays in that San Francisco game. It wasn't really explosive in this game. They were just seven, eight, 11, 10, 12, running it down your throat. 
there is I, I I can say pretty confidently I do not think the exact same thing that just happened this week Dan Quinn's gonna let happen again now like I said they're not gonna be some shutdown run team that all of a sudden teams can't run over but the game plan and the emphasis this week in practice I can assure you will be stopping the run and understanding that they're going against Raheem Mostert and Devon A. Chain and some guys that could run the ball very well. So I do think that will be the point of emphasis this week. And yeah. I feel like it'll be better. That doesn't mean great. So I don't want people to be like, oh, they, didn't, they scored a touchdown. They didn't fix it. I just don't think it'll be a beat down of running it down your throat as we saw in Buffalo. Or at least I hope. I, I would positively think that that would not be something that Dan Quinn would let happen again. Sure, but it does seem like it's going to be a point of focus, not just for the Cowboys, but for other teams. Including the Detroit Lions, yes. Someone from the 808 mentioned, are, they, are we going to act like the Detroit doesn't run the ball well? No, I don't think anybody said that. Um, I think, though, what we are going to point out is that also, like, it does matter once we get to the postseason as well. Now, offensively, the things that did not work well, and it's this, I mean, one of the things was you did not link up on chunk plays, which mm-hmm. I, 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 I do have some questions as to how much weather affected those because you did have opportunities that you were that you should have had an opportunity to or that you should have connected on namely you could talk about that first deep route over the middle by Brandon Cooks Mm -hmm. that was just overthrown a little bit and so I I tend to believe that especially the way that this thing is gone this thing could connect up plus we mentioned how this was probably the lowest usage of play action and motion yep that this team had used um, since that bye week change where we saw the offense really get so It looked speed. like a whole new team. It wasn't like this right. is the same team and they're just dropping the ball all of a sudden. It was like different play calls, not the motion like right, you Right, and there was definitely not guys getting open mm-hmm. in this play in this way. And we've seen them have better separation yep. over the last few weeks. Or, you know, So I imagine that that's a little bit easier fix of just like, hey, get that play calling back closer to what you had seen prior Yep. For this offense to look better, however, in the same way that we talked about the run, the run stopping or the you know somewhat challenges in stopping the run for the defense in the in past years, what we've also talked about is this idea that teams are going to you know just kind of cover two and then blanket underneath and then just see if you are able to pick them apart. And Dak's um, been really good at that the last couple of weeks. He's been really good at the whole cover two pick you apart, and he's been loving the underneath routes and using decoy routes. But this week, I don't know what. Like you said, if weather had to change the game plan, there wasn't a lot of routes over the middle, and we all, everyone at the station thought we'd expose the middle because of how poor Buffalo was at it and how good we were, and we didn't really do it. There was a lot of stuff outside the numbers. I mean, I don't know how many times I saw Dak scramble, and there still wasn't a guy open. Like, that's where he's been really good. He scrambles, and then Cooks or CD or Pollard Gallup breaks off the route, and we find it. I mean, he was having to scramble and still getting hit in the head. So I think it was an off day at the office for that offense. Defense got bullied. But I feel confident that the offense can turn it around, have a better game plan, hopefully not get out-schemed again. And I was thinking about it in the car. I was like, you already know that that uh, Mike McCarthy and that offense, they're, they're looking at that film from that game and saying, all right, Dak, this is what you saw. How are you going to read this better? And hopefully Dak is a smart enough quarterback that he can adjust to it going into Miami. Now, one of the things that was mentioned is uh, on the text line, from the let me see where, where am I going from the 214 who says the Cardinals was the worst defensive performance 200 plus rush yards in that game I don't want to talk about that man. um <laughs> I mean it's 222 compared to the what 266 yep 266 that happened with the Bills and on top of that totally different team you can probably point to the idea of like that quarterback scramble kind of changing that compared to the way that it feels different in that they weren't doing like I mean obviously there's some quarterback design runs but this wasn't some Oh man, we really Creative. stretched and bent. They, yeah. they just very evidently, you know what's coming. You just can't do nothing. Like about everyone it. was screaming, they're gonna run, and it was like Dan Quinn could have screamed it. It just didn't matter. 
And so that's that's the thing that concerns me a little bit. And I I, I I'm trying to not be overly reactive because and not to, and it's not really to like down anybody. It's just kind of naturally what we do. We're closest to this, so we factor it in a lot. And it it still feels like this is going to be something that teams are going to really test them on. And obviously we can't really I can't I don't know exactly what it looks like once Jonathan Hankins gets back. If if now they're testing him and testing them and Jonathan Hankins is like okay, this changes the way all this goes. Because that feels like a lot to yeah. put on one player. However, he's been very good in that yep. middle. You saw the change that happened last year mm-hmm. when he he was brought in in the season in the ways that they were able to defend the run better. So I feel comfortable comfortable with the defense. I I just am interested in seeing how that goes. The offense, I think that this is gonna need it's gonna be a little bit of a kick in the butt to uh, to uh, Mike McCarthy in particular. Hey, look! You can't slick. You can't slack on this uh, on the modern aspects of of play calling this offense. You can't slack on those additive elements of play action and motion. Those things are are necessary. They're vital to the way that this offense is structured. Those aren't just window dressing. That's necessary. It's vital. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we learned this week. And I think if they get back to that, this offense can be good. The question then that offensively comes up for me is. Are we now on the downside of Dak Prescott playing like an MVP? Is he going to bounce back? Or is mm-hmm. that just like, okay, that was that run during the season, and that's cool because it seems like also you can maybe make the question, especially the way that they've leaned on the offense and the run game hasn't been spectacular by any means, mm-hmm. is if he is not playing at that high level, is the offense able to function anything like what it looks like? It, it, where would you say one being unlikely, ten being likely that Dak has a good game this, this week? I would say an eight for me personally. Where would you put it on that meter? Wait, one more time. One being unlikely, ten being likely, the Dak and the offense has a good game coming up. Not to get into the game plan, all this stuff, just straight up, just in a vacuum, Dak has a bounce back game. I would say eight for me personally. Yeah, I, I was gonna I was going towards seven. Yeah. I, I mean I think this is more of an anomaly, that game. Probably, but it did it did raise a lot of questions. Oh, for sure. Like um, you gotta play well on the road against good teams. They haven't done it. And we're we're going to have all the narrative portions of this. As the eight one seven mentions, the Dolphins defensive coordinator. Do you know who that gentleman Vic is? Fangio. You remember last year when that became was that last year, two years ago? Years are all two. folding in on me. But I think. Yeah, when when that became a conversation <laughs> with the Broncos, the idea of oh, is this is this the uh is this the blueprint? Like all the narrative things are going to be here for both of these units on how they re- how they uh, res- respond. And so I'm, I'm very interested. I think I will lean towards the offense probably. I think that it's it seems like a simpler fix. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think the defense is a problem necessarily. I, I think also, like, you didn't see the turnovers that they seems like they consistently yeah. generate. Turnovers can be a little bit more fluky, I guess. Sure. And then – also, you didn't, you weren't in situations to pass rush necessarily, and mm-hmm. I, that feels very unique. I mean, well, Mike is so. still one. I think it was 15 pass rushes or 16. He got home on like seven of them with pressure, so he still won. But they went, they didn't pass the ball much, so it was yeah. pretty much irrelevant. I think ultimately, I'm finding that I'm little, I'm a little less skeptical on what this means for the rest of the season. But this adds, this adds the doubt that you did not need for the Cowboys adding in, I, once they get to postseason play. I felt pretty confident this game obviously raises some eyebrows, but I. I trust his coaching staff to turn it around, but, it, you know, if they don't, then I'll be the first one to say, hey, man, it was just same old, same old Cowboys, but I think they got a little bit more resiliency, and sometimes you just have a bad day at the office. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, uh, let's talk a little college football. Who has the most a game from bowl season? Let's go back. It seems like Chip Kelly maybe just gave you a, a possibility of how the college football landscape could go, plus – 
Also some key storylines after National Signing Day. We'll do all that next on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This segment on 105.3 The Fan is brought to you by Frankel & Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel & Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in the DFW. And if your loved one have been injured in an accident, contact Frankel & Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214-817-333-3333. Here we go, fourth down. Veltkamp looking to the end zone. Caught, touchdown, K.D. Hutchinson. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Atatuli here with you alongside the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Thanks, Rodrigo Mendoza on the ones and twos. And thank you for rocking with us on this Tuesday night. Not a Thursday. Tuesday. Apparently, I've learned. Um, Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll get you a little sharing time on this evening. But uh, right now, kind of want to get into some college football. We are now fully in bowl week as right at this moment, the Frisco Bowl is going on. Um, at Toyota Stadium in Frisco between UTSA and Marshall. I believe that one, Marshall leads 17-14. to 14. They just kicked a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I was informed that in this contest, Chad Pennington's kid is playing against Josh McCown's kid. And so um, you got kids of, kids of people that used to play in a league happening. I mean, that happens from time to time. And uh, apparently Rodrigo wants you to remember, if you want to feel old, <laughs> watch this game. Uh, but no, we we've reached bowl season, and you know, there's so that means that almost every day there's almost always a game on, which is, is nice. It's nice this time of year, uh, you know, just kind of throw something on the TV. Is it is it a game that you care about? No, not necessarily, but you can watch, look up, watch a few plays, see if you're interested. Um, and that's one of the fun things about this time of year, just from a you know a general casual perspective. However, you know, some teams compared to others have you know some things to gain at this time of year for various reasons. 
Um, obviously, you have the college football playoff, but even outside of that, there's teams with things to gain. So, Blake, uh, you're a fan of college football as well. Like, you yep. keep up with this mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I imagine in, part, in some part, it seems like you got some homies that play, play some ball. I, I do. I do. You know, we had a couple people transferring out. You know, how my boy Cam go from UCLA to Purdue, Boilmakers. Had a friend at UCF. So, you know, this is a time where sometimes if you don't get as much tick, you can get some tick with a lot of guys, you know, opting out of the games, going to the draft, and without transferring and whatnot. So, this is a good time. Get your family out there, watch some bowl games, get some, go, go to a cool location. Also, underrated, when you go to these, you get a lot of gear. You get a lot of gear for going to these bowl games, and it's great for the school. People fly out there. Um, but, yeah, it's a great time of the year where there's always something on TV. Yeah, sometimes you get to go to a cool place. Sometimes you go to Idaho, you know. Yep. It just kind of bounces around in those ways. Uh, but with that being the case, um, I do have a list put together by CBS Sports of the, the teams outside of the college football playoff with the most gain. But without even considering that, Blake, what teams would you think of that maybe have a lot to gain this bowl season? <sighs> definitely not. Definitely not Florida State. Well, Florida State is one of the teams that comes up on this. Why do you say definitely not? Because I feel like they don't even want to play in this. Like, this feels almost like a slap in the face. I saw a lot of people on Reddit saying that they shouldn't even play in this game and and to reject this game. Same with uh, Georgia. It it, it just depends on what side of the corner you're looking at from the fan perspective, from the media perspective, from the players in the locker room, from the coaches. I don't know. Just just talking about that, there's there's a lot of different ways to kind of go about this. What are are some ones that popped up to you? Because I know a lot of people – don't like bowl season just because it feels like a slap in the face. But some people, it's it's the best time of the year. Hey, man, these teams worked for, mm-hmm. you know, all season for an opportunity to, you know, be able to play in this situation. And, like, from a pragmatic standpoint, it gives a, a team and a program more weeks of practice after the season is over because they are preparing for this game. So gives you an opportunity to develop your team more. And then, as you mentioned, like, this, it's an opportunity for a little bit of a, a vacation of sorts. You know, see an you opportunity to see here. different places. Um, but, no, Florida State. They're, they'll play in the Orange Bowl against uh, their number five, Florida State. If you don't remember, they unfortunately were left out of the college football playoff top four. They'll face off against number six, Georgia, in the Orange Bowl. And obviously, like, look, man, you're not you're not going to get rid of that feeling when it came to not being able to be in the college football playoff. But what if you become the first undefeated Power Five champion to miss the college football playoff field? Like, you give you give yourself a little bit of opportunity to talk crazy to folks. Which it seems like Florida State already wants to be in that place, and for the state of Florida in general, you know they have they had a uh, their senator Rick Scott out here, you know, trying to lobby for the college football playoff instead of doing important things. Yep. Uh, but no, I, I think that Florida State has a lot to play for in this game um, to get themselves to a place where now you have like uh, you know kind of the the righteous indignation is even further justified. And as much as that sounds like nothing. Have you have you watched college football? Because like college football is one of those places where like the talk, like the conversation is what it's all about. Yeah, it's it's here so that we can have these conversations on the message boards and have these kind of conversations with your rivals. And so like this, I think this is very narrative driven. Right, right. This is an opportunity to do that, especially against a Georgia team that look uh, Georgia. I sometimes once they if they're out of like playoff contention, they can get a little lackadaisical. Right. True. And so you you might be able to catch catch a Georgia team slipping in a way and have yourself a good day. So I, I think that Florida State does have an opportunity to do something real cool. Yeah, Florida. I don't know because they, they they seem more mad that they're in than than they are happy. I mean, there's a lot of teams like you said that this is a big time for them. But my favorite part of bowl season outside the college football playoffs, and I've said it many times on here, is the bowl names 
the bowl locations and how creative they get. I mean, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl, and then the best bowl of them all, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, December 28th. Apparently one of the teams that has a lot to gain in this one, and from 214 they say HBCU alums, we could not care less, or we could care less. I think you couldn't care less is ultimately what you want to say. Hey, man, shout out to to Florida A&M, ultimately getting it done in the Celebration Bowl. On Saturday was a really fun game to watch. Um, and so they they finished out what was a remarkable season, 12-1. Good job to the HBCU National Champions, Florida A&M Rattlers. Uh, but North Carolina State, NC State, will face off against Kansas State in the Park Tarts Bowl. And NC State has the opportunity to, uh, you know, chance uh, with the chance to be just the second North Carolina Wolfpack team in program history to fidget with, fi- finish with double-digit victories. Right? <laughs> And so with that being the case, is like this is one thing to remember with bowl games as well. Not everybody's playing for the national championship. There's 132 teams in college football. And sometimes some teams are just playing for an opportunity to have a little fun. Yes. Shout out to again, Florida AM joining the, you know, in the SWAC, SWAC champions. Yeah, yeah, all that. Um, but also y'all realize y'all got a lot cooler when y'all joined the SWAC. Anyways, um We got we got two good tolos from the 860. Florida State needs to try their best. Because when Georgia destroys them, oh, talking crazy. it's only going to show why they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs in the first place, which is a very good point, and See I agree with banter. that. See the banter. See the banter. And then from the 682, the best one, the best Tolo comment of the day, the Get Right Bowl. We need that. We need to have the Get Right Bowl. I, get, I don't know there's enough of us. There's only a couple of us. I don't got no money to sponsor no bowl, my boy. We That would be an amazing bowl game. If, well, if y'all tuned in and y'all saw the Get Right Bowl, and it was just a picture of me and Reggie's face, with Alec and CA and all the other people that come on, would that not be amazing? No, because I feel bad for them boys. They play all that game, and I have no, I have no goodies to give you on the, can, on the bag. We can go There's to no goodie bag. We can go there to is, Spittle. There is no goodie bag. The goodie bag is like a beanie with a one five three the fan and maybe some catchphrases they on will, a t shirt. Will be so disappointed. Uh, Coupons yeah. for something. <laughs> yeah, that even even the way that you sound said that sounded for very ben disappointing. For Ben Q and Boomer Jacks, we can throw that in there. But yeah, the uh, NC State has an opportunity to have uh, you know their second double digit win season since uh, actually since maybe ever at this point. Um, and so NC State, right? Like the, this has an opportunity to do something that they hadn't done in a long time in school history. So that's one of those things that you have an opportunity to do something fun. Ole Miss also pops up. They have an opportunity here to do something fun. Uh, they're going to a New Year's Six Bowl. They're playing in the Peach Bowl against Penn State. And so 10-2 uh, season, which is uh, it's just the second time in four seasons under Lane Kiffin. Chance to make history against Penn State. Um, this would be the winningest season in program history, which is 11 wins, if they did mm. get this bowl game win. So, again, opportunity to make program history there. Oregon State. Is playing in what used to be called the Sun Bowl. Well, I guess it's the Tony the Tiger Sun Sun Bowl. I liked Oregon State this year too. Fun team. Um, and so look, it's it's one of two teams in the Pac-12, right? And so this is an opportunity to kind of prove a little something when it comes to like the uncertainty that's coming forward. So an opportunity to just kind of do a little something special, and I mean like against the impending kind of doom of forging your way in a college, uncertain college football landscape coming forward just say hey man do a little something special here agreed and shout out to SMU in Highland Park they're playing in the Fenway Bowl against Boston College not just the Fenway Bowl the Wasabi Fenway Bowl there you go um and so they're playing against Boston College who as you remember SMU going to the ACC 
Mm-hmm. And so with that being the case, right, like they are going to have an opportunity to announce themselves early in today's ACC, making it to a power five conference, if that's still what we're calling them once the, all these things shift up has been like a big thing that SMU has tried to do for a long time. So this is this is a very jubilant time. And to be able to walk into a conference beating beating up on a, a conference rival or a new conference rival, I think would be really cool for SMU to come through and do. Um, announce their presence and have an opportunity to jump into the ACC with some with some vigor. Agreed. Agreed. All right. With that being the case, I kind of want to play this Chip Kelly audio. I know that it's from the weekend, but I think it resonates and it has it gives us an opportunity to talk a little bit about the college football landscape. Um, this is cut number 33. This is what he feels. Chip Kelly, the head coach of UCLA, on what restructuring college football might look like. Right now, whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal, and what would your, your plan maybe be to, to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem, and I think we need to have a conference commissioner. I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they say, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams. And then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've a lot of spend the time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group, and so there's 132 teams, and we all share in the same ter- we all share the same TV contract, so that the Mountain West doesn't have one, and the Sun Belt doesn't have another, and SEC has one, and they have another. That we all go together. That's a lot of games, and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five. You can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You know, a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done. That money now needs to be shared with the student-athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing, and the players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty. Not that I've thought about it. You know what Chip Kelly is basically advocating for that there? Talk to me. Treating college football like what it actually already is. Yeah, I, I professional he, sports. He said NLI, NLI, which is funny. NIL. Um, definitely, I mean, it's the same yeah, name, likeness, image you're I, paying. For I, I definitely think yeah. that's something that the players should be getting more because they are the one bringing all this sponsorship, all this money into it. And well, I you know, said the sponsorship. Let's be very clear about what we're talking about. All uh, the, the the revenue that's coming in for college football is, is, I mean, in some ways, tickets and jerseys, those things are all right, cool. It's television revenue. Mm-hmm. You do not have a television project product without the players on the field. Talk to me. And so ultimately, they are they are generating, they are using their labor to generate this product that you are selling and making money off of. And so, really, what is happening here is you are doing like this is this is the NFL at this point, right? And so, Chip, all Chip Kelly described is, "Hey, man, make it the NFL if you're going to make this like you're selling TV products or you're selling like you know the licensing rights to this." To the same broadcasters that are doing the NFL already, right? You can you can work this you you know kind of coast off of that model. 
create, you know, in order if you're trying to build your schedules, create conferences and then create divisions within those if you need to, right, to build your schedule and have a collectively bargained, uh, you know, television contract straight across. I don't know how viable that is and how all the stakeholders will go in because, you know, individuals can be greedy and individual institutions can be greedy. Mm-hmm, and so I imagine sure you can look at some of these big programs and they'll go, why would I why would I agree to the same amount of revenue as, you know, as maybe San Diego State if, you know, people aren't equally watching those games. Mm. However, this is an opportunity in a, I guess, like a pure world or in a more perfect world for all of that TV revenue to work and for these football programs to operate more like NFL teams in their instances and not carry over all of the, all of those um, travel costs and all those things to the baseball team and the volleyball team and the gymnastics it's team, different. right? And so all those things, and basically what they're advocating for is for like these football programs to be a little less tied to the school themselves and just become clubs that represent the school in a way, but operate more like football teams. No, you're hundred percent right. The, they're, they're not in the same bracket. I mean, there's a couple teams where the other sports bring in equal revenue or more, but a lot of it, they are funded by the football team. So they should be acquainted accordingly. Like, you got to have these people in a separate entity, and I think you made a great point, Reg. Like, it is like the NFL at this point. It's the same broadcasters, same TV companies that are putting this on that puts on the NFL. So we should just treat it like that. The transfer portal, just like the trade market at this point with all the free agency and people going around, like it's not the same as the baseball and the softball team. And all those things have been allowed because the NCAA is just trying to stave off the inevitable, which is ultimately operating in truly in regular fashion like this is the professionals. And ultimately, the last situation that they're trying to stave off is actually having to include the labor force in the in the earnings of the money. Mm. And so Chip Kelly, he said it, he said the quiet part out loud. And I think he he really did point to he's spitting. He, yeah, 100%. I think that he pointed to something that is very true. On so thou wow. There you go. It's the get right right here on 105 through the fan. Uh coming up next, let's have a little sharing time where I have actually less to share and more to ask from you the listener. Uh we'll do that next on the fan. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Classic Chevrolet is leading the way to finish the year number one in America. They're racing hard with year-end savings on over 400 Silverados. Shop them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads and relax and enjoy the difference. It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula with you alongside the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Thanks for rocking with us here on a Tuesday evening in the Metroplex. You can always get involved by texting into the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. We're also available on YouTube, 105 Through the Fan, or on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. About 15 minutes, we'll get you some headlines on this evening. But right now, time for a little sharing time. Ooh. Oh, you went for Chuck Mangione, huh? Okay. All right. Michael Haggins. Is this Michael Haggins? It's Michael Haggins. Daybreak. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. So. Huh, okay. Oh, yeah, no, okay. I know exactly what I did. Yep, yep, yep. Um, that's on me. 
Good call, though. Community? Is this no, where you know this from? No, no, no. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm a little upset at myself that I confused it with feel so good like a dummy. Fair Anyways, um, my sharing time that I'll bring to you actually kind of comes from the weekend. Where, the artist um, or your weekend? No, this this weekend, not the artist. Okay. Um, but um, there was a little bit of some, uh, some, some, what's the right word? There was some combat sports oh, happening this weekend. There was. Um, I know that UFC had a big uh, event. Where uh, Colby Covington took a loss. Oh yeah, he did weekend. more than that in the ring. He was, he was yapping. Oh, was he? Oh yeah. You didn't see the presser? I didn't. You're, you'll be glad you didn't. I'll show you on the break. He and, said some hateful things. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. No, that's not the part that I was. I, I kind of know Colby Co- Covington's game in that regard. That's not really what I was talking about necessarily. Um, but I'm, I believe some point during that fight card, there was somebody who took a real. Real beating to the point where, like, it, it it was it was a problem. Someone had you know gotten very hurt, mm-hmm. um, and I believe was like spasming on on the mat in the yep. octagon, and so like a conversation started on Twitter, and I I was like uh was kind of talking about the idea that you know MMA is just wild, like dude having seizure in the ring and you know likely gonna be back and and fighting again, like that's kind of how the MMA works, and I responded that kind of talking about it, and I said. It's one of the reasons why, for me personally, I know my line. My mm. line is boxing. Mm. And someone got into got into my mentions and was like, boxing's worse. Mm. And I was like, I don't necessarily see it that way. But people, they were like, oh, man, you know, there's more, more injuries or more deaths in boxing than there is MMA. And ultimately, I was like, do people like, I mean not not to say that like I understand where that's coming from however like does that seem does my stance seem like a a wild one or an incorrect one to our listeners because I know there's a lot of people okay someone said from the 469 he didn't take a beating he only took one punch the whole nine and the whole night and it did that okay the gentleman who had his seizure oh wow that's that's more terrifying but yeah, I know for me personally, like yeah, I just kind of have a line where I'm like, yeah, no, MMA is not really is not my bag, man. I remember the the time, or I I looked on uh, I looked in one of those matches and like just the the octagon was covered in blood. Yep. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this just a feel doesn't feel right to me. Like especially also like the ways in which you know a dudes a dudes out of there not responding, they'll let you keep going for a while before it's like, okay, now we got to break this up, and that just feels like against what I feel is kind of the normal or what like I would see in like a street fight, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's not really the best way to describe it, but it's the best way I have right now where it's just like at a certain point we're like, all right, man, this is over, right? And it feels like MMA and I guess the UFC in particular goes beyond that in a way. And so like I wanted to ask those of you that like combat sports in particular, am I wild? Because like, yeah, someone came as far as and was like, hey, man, if you're going to watch combat sports, you watch combat sports. It's not real. Like there's not a difference between – MMA and boxing. I was like, do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I, I love watching combat sports. Would never do it. I, I want to get into boxing, but yeah, UFC, MMA, it's literally a street fight out there. Them boys are trying to literally take your head off. So it is something that if you're not mentally ready to pretty much Spartan fight to the death, you don't step into that ring because those boys are usually, you know, got, got a couple screws missing. They're not, they're okay with kind of, you know, just slaughtering someone's head. But um, and from the nine seven two, they said barbaric is that word, and it, it does feel to that way. Now, I'm not here to try and tell you that boxing is better for people necessarily. Like boxing, hey man, they out here just taking head trauma repeatedly, 
right? Like that's not that's not really necessarily well, good. Well, they get paid the big money. But also college football, or sorry, football, you know, are taking head trauma repeatedly, mm-hmm. if we're going to be completely honest, right? And so for me, it's not necessarily, and then if I really wanted to take this to a whole nother level, they make more money boxing for the most part, right? Like yep. there's there's more there's better payouts, especially and at the highest levels. You don't of do it this. that often. What is it like one or two a year? Well, I mean, in, well, I was gonna say in theory the UFC you're not doing all that often, but some 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 folks, and I mean you could say the same with boxing. There's some folks that'll turn this around pretty quickly. But yeah, Swaggy Booties is like, yeah, boxing's definitely worse. Um, and then someone else from the 808 says. Anyone that says boxing is work doesn't understand ground and pound and near rear naked choke and those same things. So I don't know. Um, I was just interested in seeing like how people view this because I do I do feel more squeamish when it comes to MMA than I would ever feel when I'm watching boxing. And maybe it's just maybe it's just perception. The gloves, the gloves on versus bare well, fist. The gloves is adding more of this weight on mm, that. But yeah. I mean, like even that, like it just feels. And maybe I've fallen, you know, I've fallen for. I'm a sucker for the uh, kind of the way that this is set up, right? Um, but there, boxing feels a little bit more gentlemanly, right? Like there's these rules: don't hit below the below the belt and everything. MMA, they got dudes trying to kick me in the face. Oh yeah. So which so you enjoy watching boxing at all of its peak? All three are on. You're picking a boxing match to watch. Because I'm picking UFC personally. Yeah, I'm I'm picking boxing personally. Yeah, I'd love a good UFC match when they start doing start taking each other to the ground and doing all those little. And I'm not I am not a pro in any of the three. I'm just talking literally from a fan perspective. I couldn't tell you one move that they do and understand it. Just straight up from watching, love watching UFC and love seeing the little techniques that they do. Boxing, it always just seems a little slow for me. It's definitely more calculated, 100% more calculated. But just as a fan, I just want to see just. Well, I don't. I don't want to disrespect the folks that are engaging in these mixed martial arts because there's a lot of strategy and things to this as well, right? Like, I, I it's not that I discredit the the skill necessary. It just feels a li- it feels a little bit different. And I guess the the word barbaric is the best one that I have available to me, and I don't necessarily mean it, it with the pejorative that it could sound like. But yeah, man, it just feel it feels too barbaric for me personally. Like, and maybe I I'm just punk or whatever. I was like, yeah, this feels like a bridge. Too it's far. definitely, you see the last fan text? I'll let you read it out if you want. It's definitely a different crowd. Definitely barbaric, the different people that go to well, that Well, kind of yeah, there, there's that, right? From the 601 <laughs> who said, did you hear the fan at the UFC match in the past yell out, grab his bleep and twist it? I remember that video. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, we're not going to pretend like every time that we get in here with a boxing match, that there aren't other boxing match ha- matches happening in the stands and uh, oh, yeah. spilling out out of the arena, right? Like this... There, there is, there is a kind of a whole, a whole thing to this all the way around. I just found it interesting that, like, you know, he, he was like, "Look, man, you can't really separate these boxing, and MMA. They the same thing." And you're, you know, basically implying that I was wrong for like okay. trying to separate them and like creating that line. I was like, you know what? I'm willing to examine myself. Yeah, I could be, I could be wrong here and like just falling for kind of the the packaging of this or whatever. And I was like, I was willing to, I, I just wanted to ask. And it seems like for the most part. Y'all understand where I'm coming from? Rigo, what do you think? Which one do you, which, do you think there's a difference in the viewing experience? Does one feel more respectful, more barbaric than the other? Do you prefer one over the other? I've always been uh, more, I guess I, I always like love boxing more mm-hmm. um, because it feels a little bit more gentlemanly. Like I've, I've always, I always see that now, and now I'm even more so where like, you know, after a few hits and, and, and you know, boxers start kind of getting dazed. The, the ref will just call it off, you know, yeah. right there. And that's kind of where I feel like the gentlemanly side kind of comes in. They're not trying to go in to try to kill each other. Like, Put they're trying aside. to, like, it's very strategic in the way that they that, that, that the boxers 
prepare and, and, and it, it, all those things. Uh, so I, I think boxing is a little bit more gentlemanly, I guess, for See, lack of better words. When it comes to combat sports, for me, put the gentleman aside. <laughs> if you're going to step in that ring, I want to see it go down to the end, man. That's why UFC be getting... I mean, I'm just one person that I don't really care about gore, blood. That stuff doesn't really turn me away. So I love... If I'm not saying I would do it, and I applaud them, and there's some warriors, but they're going to do it. I just... I enjoy UFC, MMA more. Boxing, I do enjoy, but not as much. But it definitely is a difference in divide, especially in how they kind of carry themselves. And like you said, someone gets dazed, they call the match versus in UFC, you got to be pretty much not breathing for them to call it off. From the 204, uh, no, I have not seen Bloodsport. So, sorry to disappoint in that way. No, I just found that interesting, and it's it's always been something for me where I was just like, yeah, man, I, I kind of stick to the boxing, but I, I don't think I'd had ever any ever had anybody step to me and be like, actually... You, you are on the side that's actually more more violent. I was like, I don't know that I necessarily see it that where, way. But where does kickboxing fall? Someone said, what about kickboxing? I, I don't recall really watching kickboxing matches. Do, does that end up being broadcast no in the same way? Is that broadcasted? Um, Rigo? I'm, I, I'm sure that there are you know tournaments mm-hmm. and competitions or whatever. That's the wrong guy here. <laughs> it, I just, it doesn't feel like kickboxing is really put in a different place. Uh, but yes, you're right, 214. Boxing guy will take many headshots where in most fights you only take a couple of them. Um, they are built different, man. I can't imagine getting hit that many times and be like, yeah, I want to stay and let's go. Next round. Yeah, Next man. round. Yeah, man. All, all of this is kind of wild. And th- that's where you kind of just have to draw your line because if we're just going off of like pure morality of this, we wouldn't watch a lot of sports, right? Like, again, football is one of those ones that's kind of crazy to me because we watch these dudes take hundreds of car crashes. And we're just like, no, nah, it's fine. It's cool. And so maybe, I, maybe I'm hypocritical for having a line considering that I watch all those. But there you go. Um, that's that's my sharing time, just my dilemma when it comes to watching combat sports. And uh, I love how we had jazz this. music as we're talking about combat sports and people's heads getting knocked off. We just got this smooth jazz in the back. This is a time we should have some corn going on. Yeah, I really like him. He's a good dude. Uh, it's the get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Let's call it a callback if you were listening yesterday. Shout uh, out to all y'all who sent me some corn. I downloaded them. Great songs. Saw my tolos that were listening yesterday. You know who you are. You're great. Coming up next on the Get Right, we'll get you some headlines on this Tuesday evening in the Metroplex. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.